Welcome to Epilepsy Cast, the podcast about all things epilepsy from Epilepsy Action. Hi. Hey, Hattie. Great to be here with you. Uh, glad you came back for episode two. Yeah, we're back. We didn't just do one and decide <laughs> no, that that was one it. And done. No, one and done. No, nah. we aren't a one hit wonder, are we? Well, hopefully not. We're more like ABBA, where they just like you know just churned out hit after hit after hit. That's our aim. That's the goal. What, to be like ABBA. To yeah. be like ABBA, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> ABBA I... was the first thing that came to my head. I'm not going to lie. Because <laughs> that's not my type of music whatsoever. But, hey. <laughs> no, it was surprising. It's more my thing. But, you know, <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why not? So this is episode two of Epilepsy Cast. Uh, we are still in our spare rooms. Yeah. We hope we'll that you enjoyed while, listening to the yeah hope yeah for a while we hope you enjoyed listening to the first episode in your spare room can't thank everyone enough for their kind comments and uh, i think everyone kind of enjoyed it so really happy with that don't know about yeah, you absolutely it's always good to know when people have listened and enjoyed something that you've created and um like we said before this is your podcast so if you have any ideas suggestions uh something you like something you didn't like if you want to be interviewed then drop us a line at podcast at epilepsy.org.uk yes sir and i don't know whether any of you heard our little sneaky bonus episode at the end of national epilepsy week um i thought it was fab um i thought it was great that we heard from lots of different voices from people all over the country because uh, we know that everyone's coping in different ways. Um, so I really enjoyed hearing all of them tell us how they're doing. Yeah, it was like loads of different people were just leaving me voicemails on my on my phone. Uh, it, it, positive and inspiring voicemails at that as well. <laughs> so yeah, I think we should do that again. And of course, we're always, we're always asking at the end of each of these episodes that if anyone wants to send anything like that into us, then please do. Um, just record a voice note on your phone and then email it to the email that I just said, podcast at epilepsy.org.uk. Yeah, it would be really good to have as many different voices as possible. So it's um, a variety from me and Rich, as beautiful as our voices are. And we also have some good news about something that was in the last episode too. So we chatted with Leon Legg about the TikTok seizure challenge which was just awful, where people were uploading videos to a Juice World song where they'd like mock someone having a seizure. Um, yes. They were, it was really, just really horrible. It's been, really it's, grim. Been, it's been our attention for like a few months now, um, I'd say since late last year, but um, it kind of picked up steam again recently. But we do yeah. have some good news about it. We do, because um, us and a lot of other organisations, including the Epilepsy Foundation in America, have been in touch with TikTok and they have agreed to take it all down. Hey. Hooray. So they are taking down all videos that have been posted up to this date and they're going to remove any videos going forward as well with the seizure challenge hashtag, which is fab news. That is really good news because as we were saying last episode, it's just nothing to mock and it's, it's, it's just not, it's just not something you'd want on your platform and I'm glad that TikTok realises that and they are doing positive actions by taking them down. Definitely, especially when things like TikTok can be used for so much good. Yeah. We've shared videos on there um, that raise awareness of epilepsy and we know that other people have done the same to kind of educate the public in a good way. It's such a shame when they're used in such a bad way so it's really good that they've known, noticed that and they've taken action. 
Yeah, precisely. And especially like right now in lockdown, that kind of thing, TikTok's a nice distraction. You got lots of creative videos, silly videos on there. You don't really want to be coming across any that are just like, what are you doing kind of thing. Um, so I'm glad that they've kind of realized that they are violating their community guidelines by doing that. Absolutely. I've seen so many videos with parents on TikTok with their kids and the kids just look so embarrassed and the parents are loving every <laughs> second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, TikTok was kind of that, you know, young person's platform. But yeah, once once all the oldies are on it, it'll be like, there's a new thing. We'll yeah. see what the next thing is. There'll be a next thing soon. I've heard parents who are like with their kids, like, please, can we make a TikTok video, please? And their kids <laughs> are like, like, no, oh, so you're so mother. uncool. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who knows, Rich? Maybe me and you by next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be busting out the TikTok We're going to do a duet on there. Are we? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> why not like how it says we do have a tiktok though at epilepsy action find us on there we've got a couple of videos on there we were gonna go really hard on it but i guess um now that we're kind of all separated it's a little bit harder but um i think the stuff that we have on there is pretty funny yeah one of uh one of our colleague josh um wandering around the office doing loads of weird things <laughs> you'll yeah. find out you just have to go watch it you've got to go and watch it you've got to yeah, yeah. got to see got to be seen to be believed it's got to be seen and as i was recording him do all this stuff like everyone around the office is just looking at us like what are these fools doing <laughs> like we're just making a tiktok sad job <laughs> sad job <laughs> honestly yeah. sad job honestly honestly believe us <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's quite often our role in the office we're doing something crazy and everyone's looking at us like what are you doing we're they're just yeah. trying to get on with their their yeah. very important work and we're like you know dressed as reindeer or yeah we're the team that gets to do all this the, the daft stuff <laughs> <laughs> i mean i mean important stuff important yes. very yes. important stuff very important <laughs> um and another thing that um i think that's been really cool that i've heard coming in over the last week or so is people letting us know about how they found our virtual groups um, i know right. we spoke about them in the last episode but um i spoke to a guy in Northern Ireland called Deagle and Deagle has two sons. Um, one of them has epilepsy. De- and... Deagle, by the way. What a name. I know. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely like... love it. Yeah. It's so nice. So cool. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. He strong has strong Irish name. I assume strong Northern Irish name, but yeah. he has two sons. They, one of them has epilepsy and his wife is a nurse at the hospital in Belfast She's been working with coronavirus patients and because Deagle also has severe asthma, she's decided to self-isolate completely from the family. So Deagle has been left at home with the two boys trying to um, manage all of that. And he logged into one of our virtual groups and just said it was so valuable to hear from other people who are also dealing with lockdown and epilepsy and how they're managing all of that. Um, and he said it was just so nice to see some faces, some friendly faces of people who yeah. kind of get oh, what man. he's going I can't even, I can't even imagine how that must feel. Yeah. Like I'm like, I think I think I might have mentioned it on uh, the last episode, but I I uh, recently moved house. I'm living alone for the first time in my life, and uh, to be alone is kind of like it's it really sucks to be honest. It really does. But I know that God, if I had a wife and she was like a nurse and um, I had to be separated from them just through necessity. Oh, can't even imagine. So I'm really glad that he has like found our virtual groups to be helpful. And I Definitely. know that obviously 
for myself like talking to friends on zoom going out like like you can meet up with one friend now and walk around and that's really helpful but i'm glad that we have services in place that do help people that are struggling like that so absolutely so yeah how can we get to them again yeah so um yeah just if you want a chance to just meet online with people who kind of get what you're going through who get epilepsy who get the experiences and who aren't going to judge um it's epilepsy.org.uk forward slash virtual groups and they're all through the week they're all different times so um hopefully you'd be able to find one that works for you and they can be for anybody anywhere yeah absolutely very cool cool um and it's because it's it was it's been national epilepsy weeks so we've had just so much going on to kind of plug and that has been released that is just really epic the other thing that's been released is our new young persons website online resource space i guess um, uh, literally it's, space it's literally <laughs> space because it's called yes. the epilepsy space yes um and i just think it it just looks so pretty it it is so it's uh it's a website designed to uh, help young people manage their epilepsy for about, like, I think it's ages 16 to 25, but I think it'd be quite useful for all ages, although it is designed for um, those age groups in mind. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a mobile friend, like friendly first website. I think, and if you go on the website, you'll, you'll, you might, you might find this yourself, but it kind of looks a little bit like uh, the discover section on Instagram or sort of the discover section on snapchat is designed quite like that and it's it opens up like that as well and it's 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 so cool (laughs) i'm so i'm so glad we have it yeah me too and it's just it's it's just such a good resource it's full of like loads of information and advice and like as everything from epilepsy action it's all been checked and accredited by doctors and by nurses so you can guarantee that it is the most like up-to-date accurate information and then there's also stories from people there's videos there's um, some audio sound clips there's little bits about um like people just telling their story about how they've experienced it and also i think we've not quite there yet but i think there's going to be a chat room as well on there soon so that people can chat to each other yeah yeah and that's the part i was involved with and uh yeah i think what we've come up with is a really great kind of solution for people to gather and just talk and uh as hattie was saying i guess it contains like um some of the topics that we talk to young people about that were the most important to them um because we 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 it was we worked with a group of young people on the website as well just to make sure everything that we were putting on there was actually relevant. So we've got like stuff like managing epilepsy, work and studying, going out, having a social life, sex and relationships, that kind of thing. And yeah. uh yeah, independence. Just, yeah. All public sorts transport, of stuff. losing your driving license, like stuff that will hopefully really be the stuff that people with epilepsy really want to know. Yeah. And our guest for this week's episode um, actually worked on the epilepsy space. Her name is Rachel. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll go to the interview right now. So we're here with Rachel. Rachel, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's really fantastic that this podcast is becoming a thing. Oh, we're really excited too. Um, <laughs> and I know that... We are, time is really precious at the minute because you're in the middle of uni deadlines, is that right? Yeah, um, but I'm happy to talk. It's yeah, a really important thing to talk about, so I'm happy to be here. 
Yeah. And what do you study? Um, clinical psychology. Oh, great. I'm and doing where? a master's where? at the moment. Don't psychoanalyse me on this podcast, you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't look at my movements on Zoom and think, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> try not Should he really be hosting a podcast? <laughs> and whereabouts do you study? Are you at home at the minute? Um, so, yeah, I study at Royal Holloway, which is in Surrey, um, as part of University of London. But obviously in the current situation, I'm at home. Yeah. Um, sort of studying from afar. <laughs> of course. And how's that been, that shift to online learning? It must be quite different. Yeah, it's OK. Um, so we only had a couple of weeks left of our sort of taught classes um, and they were all recorded and the uni have been really brilliant at dealing with it. Um, sort of getting used to it now, but at the start it was a bit sort of funny not travelling into uni and kind of stepping back from the busy pace of it all and doing it from your bedroom. Um, but yeah, I think we're all sort of starting to get used to it now and kind of adjusting to doing things remotely. I almost can't imagine going back to how it was. <laughs> yeah, it's really strange though, isn't it? It's, it's still, even though we are getting used to it, it's still just, it's just something about it just doesn't feel right. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but um, I guess we'll continue to move on. How are you kind of like feeling about lockdown in general? Is it kind of being terrible or decent? Because I, I guess people are kind of finding it either, yeah, I get to spend a lot of time like reflecting on myself, that kind of thing, or it's just like, oh, I'm so lonely, kind of thing. Uh, yeah, like things are okay. I think it's starting to feel a bit like we're kind of stuck in one long day. Um, yeah. Keep getting the days of the week really mixed up. I think that's something that everyone's sort of feeling. Um, it's kind of been quite nice, kind of, yeah, taking a step back from busy life and being at home a bit more. And as you said, kind of thinking about things. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is strange because we lived our whole life up until now, kind of being out and about and doing things. Um, so it has been a bit of an adjustment, but up and down, but okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I know what you mean. I was saying to someone this morning that time just seems to have no meaning anymore. What day is it? What week is it? I don't know. Uh, nine weeks? Eight weeks? I don't know. I'm just completely yeah. lost. Exactly. Sometimes I'll go to bed sort of really early because you can and just <laughs> have your own kind of... Might as well. Not much else to do. <laughs> <laughs> you, need Doctor, you need Doctor Strange to come back from, you know, and in, in the Avengers when he goes to all the different realities. Figure out which one, you know, which one are we in and when does it end, the kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> So Rachel, um, you we're chatting to you um, because A, you're a really interesting person and B, you worked <laughs> with Epilepsy Action on something pretty cool that launched last week. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Um, yeah, so it was really exciting that it launched um, last week because we have been working on it for, well, I think over a year now. It's been a while. So we've been developing. It? Yeah. Um, but it's a space online, so it's a website for young people with epilepsy. Um, to sort of learn about different aspects of the condition and sort of read about other people's experiences and advice and kind of feel empowered to be able to cope with it and self-manage. Um, so, which has been really fantastic because I sort of originally became involved with it because I felt like a lot of the resources were either focused on children and kind of young teenagers and then parents of children with epilepsy and then adults more broadly but I think young adulthood is a time where a lot of things are happening you're sort of gaining independence 
you might be going education, um, university, uh, moving out, um, starting your career, thinking about relationships. And yeah, I think the space online is really good because it covers such a wide range of topics. Um, so obviously the theme for this week's National Epilepsy Week is more than seizures. And I think how much is covered on the website and um, all the different aspects which epilepsy can affect are really reflected in that. Definitely. Um, and like you say, I think one of the best things, the coolest things about it is that it wasn't just like members of staff at the charity sitting down and working out what people might want or need. Like we gathered together a group of people like you, people who are actually living it, who are the audience and who the resources for to kind of work with us on it, to have your say about it. Um, so yeah, I just wondered if you could tell us a little bit about what that was like, like coming together as a group of people. Yeah, so I think firstly, it's sort of the fact that we were included and they, um, the staff were so keen to include us was so valued and made us feel like our voices were really being heard. Um, so we actually did three full days in Leeds um, to start with. And we all traveled from different areas of the UK. So I think firstly that really showed someone from Scotland, South England and everywhere in between. It really showed how much this sort of meant to everyone being involved that we were more than happy to travel for four or five hours to kind of meet. Um, and it was really wonderful kind of all being there together and talking about our experiences and sharing those experiences and all the different kind of things we've been through with our epilepsy and having a space to talk about that and have kind of two-way conversations with people who really understand right and are able to sort of comment back like oh yeah that happened with me or oh I had a similar experience with that medication um because up until now most conversations I have with epilepsy is more me doing most of the talking on the topic and the other person listening so it was really nice having that and being involved was just really sort of empowering and inspiring and I remember after the first meeting for a couple of days I kept getting a bit teary here and there because it was just such a kind of heartwarming experience and I never met someone with my seizure type before so that was the first time I'd and my oh, really? experiences really? were actually quite wow. similar sort of um both took the same amount of time to get diagnosed um yeah both kind of dealt with it in quite similar ways so that was really yeah that was a bit mind-blowing kind of having that conversation yeah of course and what type of seizures do you have Rachel um so I have focal seizures so they only affect one part of my brain my temporal lobe um and it's sort of intense deja vu feeling feeling a bit sick feeling a bit dizzy so not what most people probably typically think of as epilepsy which is part of the reason why I took several years to be diagnosed because it was kind of yeah not what anyone in, within my kind of network thought could be epilepsy um so yeah it did take me six years to kind of get a diagnosis from when it first blimey, started happening blimey. but I think that was partly because I was I was nine when I had my first seizure and I think for a nine-year-old I couldn't because it was quite an intense experience but then afterwards I'd usually be fine and carry on yeah. I kind of while it was happening I thought I need to tell like I need to really talk to someone about this this feels serious but then I was fine again, so I just, it's like, oh, I'm fine, I'll carry on. Um, 
And I think it's quite hard for someone that young as well to verbalise sort of what's happening without it kind of being dismissed as she felt a bit ill, like all kids do. Yeah, yeah of course. You're asking a lot of a nine-year-old to be able to verbalise that they're having intense deja vu feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I knew what that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. So how is your epilepsy now? Is it under control or do you still have seizures? What's the situation? No, so it's not under control. It's um, It sort of varies quite a lot, but I'm still having one every sort of week or two, um, sort of on average. Um, so I've tried lots of medication and I was going to be assessed. Well, I've been waiting quite a long time to be assessed to see if surgery is a possibility. Um, and I've been on the waiting list for well over a year. And I had my first appointment at the start of March and was supposed to start testing last month. So I was supposed to have my MRI, my brain, my EEG to see the brain's electrical activity. Um, so sort of the first stages of being tested for surgery, but obviously in the current situation that all had to be um, postponed till I'm not sure when. Oh yeah, oh that's rubbish. Does it does it still have like an impact uh, on you quite a bit? I guess being at uni as well, kind of. Does it uh, affect like your learning and that kind of stuff? Um, yeah. So in some ways, I'm kind of as I've got older, got a little bit more used to it. Um, so obviously, I did go through the whole of well, the last bit of primary school, the whole of secondary school, um, yeah. sixth form, and I'm doing my. Um, postgraduate masters at the moment so um, I have been through undergrad and I was at the same uni as well so I kind of know how their support system works Um, but it does still impact kind of particularly if I have lots of seizures in a row I'll get very tired find it hard to focus I've struggled with kind of my memory a bit in the past kind of remembering specific words that's the part that I've found quite challenging kind of working out ways to adjust to that um and then yeah I've missed not this year but in my undergrad I did miss a couple of exams as well because of it so I had to sit them separately um so I think it's kind of been I guess because it's so unpredictable as well um I never know when it's going to affect me so it's quite hard to prepare um but at the same time I do try and sort of work as much as I can whilst I'm feeling well to kind of make up for the times where I'm not so well (laughs) yeah make the most of the good times yeah and then when I'm not well I'm thinking oh thank goodness I I did that when I was feeling well because I wouldn't be able to focus on it now but it's just that's just a whole extra thing to get used to isn't it like I remember being at uni and that time management being such a big thing that you had to learn like and to have the seizures thrown into the mix so not only are you having to like manage your time to meet your deadlines and work out when's best to study you've also got to factor in the fact that at sometimes you're going to be too unwell to work so you've got to manage all of that too yeah exactly like it does it does still like affect me sometimes but yeah as I said in some ways I'm sort of used to that balance um but yeah looking back it does sometimes make me feel a bit sad that I had to spend so much time sort of when I was well working as hard as I could to make up for the other times and sort of I guess in that sense 
missed out slightly on other parts of my life that I had like less time for yeah yeah I guess it eats away at the time um and you said that you obviously you understand the uni support systems have they been supportive has there been the help there when you've needed it yeah so definitely I am um, so my first year of university I actually was seizure free for the whole time that was sort of the only period since I started having seizures that I haven't um had seizures so then I started having them sort of part way through second year so I was a little bit unprepared um because yeah, I think if I'd gone to out the blue out again out the blue. yeah <laughs> if I'd gone to uni whilst sort of still having seizures I would have kind of sought out the help then and there but because I was well um I didn't need to so it was kind of a big adjustment of learning but my department have always been sort of really supportive um like if I miss lectures then they can be recorded online for me so in some ways this adjustment to remote learning is sort of parts of it I'm kind of used to anyway just because of the situation um and they're sort of understanding of I'll work really hard when I can and if I need an extension here and here and there because of the situation then that's completely fine um and my uni also have sort of um, well-being and disability services um, so things like getting rest breaks in my exams in case I'm really tired from a seizure um, extensions like I said um, and there's also been the counselling service when I've needed it as well at points when I've particularly been struggling and yeah my personal tutor checks in with me a lot particularly at the moment because obviously we're not physically there yeah, um, absolutely. So I think I've been really lucky with sort of the support. I've well, that is, that is good to hear, though, because, you know, we, we hear so many stories of, you know, unfortunately, like, unsupportive employees or, uh, you know, organisations. So it's, it's really great to hear, you know, yeah. those positive stories. Yeah. Or even people who feel really anxious about, or, like, feel that, like, going to uni is something that won't be possible or, like, won't be an option yeah. for them because there won't be the help there, they won't be able to do the work, etc. So it's really good to know that like where there is help when you need help there is help yeah I think my experiences of school and sixth form as well I did have a lot of support there um not kind of a wide range of support but I think it just sort of takes one person so in each case it was kind of my main personal tutor to take the time to listen put anything in place to help um so my kind of positive experiences there made me a little bit less nervous about how it would be at university perhaps because um, yeah like you said I have heard of other people's kind of less positive experiences and I wondered how kind of your the people that you'd live with at uni how you dealt with that like telling them obviously if you suddenly started having seizures again in the middle of your second year how you'd kind of broached that with them how they'd responded um so in first year because I didn't have any seizures um and I didn't really, I guess it was part of my life that I wanted to kind of not think about was starting like a new kind of chapter in a way, particularly because I was well. Um, so I didn't discuss it that much then, only with a few sort of close friends. Um, but, but in second year sort of, yeah, obviously I did have to tell people when I was having seizures again. Um, but I'd say everyone, so housemate and also like course mates, um, lecturers as well they were made aware sort of in case I had a seizure in a lecture everyone was really supportive and I guess because I don't 
typically go unconscious or um, convulse or sort of anything sort of what people might be a bit scared about happens. I'm quite good at kind of having the seizure and then, um, well, quite often I'll need to rest, but I won't need an ambulance or anything. So I think in those, in that sense, it was a little bit less stressful for other people, but at the same time, it's important to tell people about it and what to do because ultimately that can help to keep you safe so yeah of course um, yeah of course yeah so I feel like everyone dealt with it fantastically which made me more open to telling more people I suppose and doing things like this on um a podcast that will go (laughs) to anyone um so yeah I say everyone my housemate etc were really fine with it sort of as if I told them I don't know I bought a new coat like it wasn't really (laughs) (laughs) so I just saw a coat that's a random example but um it wasn't like oh my goodness especially right now when it's like really hot (laughs) tell me loads yeah thinking I haven't worn a coat in months (laughs) no let's not bring on the bad weather um so if someone was walking by you Rachel when you were having a seizure what would they see because I think sometimes like focal seizures people just don't know that they exist or what they look like yeah so sometimes it it really really varies um particularly when I was younger I think now sort of the sickness and the dizziness and um the pain and deja vu it has sort of almost feels a bit stronger so it's a little bit harder to kind of yeah, it's a bit more obvious to other people. Um, but say when I was younger, um, it was less strong. And if you looked at me, you might think, well, she doesn't quite look right. Like, I don't know if someone, like when anyone feels a little bit unwell, you look at them and say, well, are you okay? You don't, you look a bit away, away with it or you've gone a bit of a funny color. Um, but sometimes when I was younger, I could actually just about carry on as normal kind of one time I carried on eating um which I don't recommend it made me feel really sick um (laughs) and a couple of times I kind of stayed in conversations and someone would say oh are you you feeling okay but I was still able to so I didn't really talk during it but carry on um so to some people if you're just passing me you probably wouldn't even notice um most of the time at the moment And you're aware of what's going on when you're having a seizure? Yeah. um, So sometimes, yeah, the sickness and the pain is quite a lot. So sometimes I might sort of sit on the floor and um, be obviously in a bit of distress. Um, But yeah, as I said, it really kind of varies. Um, So the most people would probably think is she doesn't look well, but they wouldn't automatically think or she must be having a seizure. I think even someone with knowledge of epilepsy might not even immediately assume that because it could be so many different reasons, sort of, um, for why I look the way I do. But I, yeah, I am pretty much aware. Part of sign of the deja vu is feeling like everything that I'm experiencing, I've experienced before, almost in sort of a dream. So I've had it explained to me where my brain sort of instead of processing things as it's happened now it's kind of got a bit mixed up and is you know it feels like I've already experienced that in the past and my brain's kind of putting it into the wrong part of my like kind of timeline of memories 
Um, so then anything that happens, say if someone walks in the room, it will be like, I'll, I'll be thinking, oh God, that happened as well. And the feeling will be getting stronger. Um, so I am kind of aware of what's happening around me, the sounds, um, but it all sort of, yeah, plays into that strong deja vu feeling. And in the past I've said to my neurologist, like I've tried shutting my eyes and blocking my ears in the hope that that helps, but obviously it doesn't change the feeling because it's not really anything to do with anything that's happening externally. It's what's happening in my brain. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I wonder if uh, I was going to say I was. I wonder if when we were talking to Leon Leg last week, um, he was, you know, bringing up the fact that everyone thinks uh, epilepsy is just a certain type where you just you know convulse on the floor and that kind of thing. I don't know if you've ever run into anyone saying you don't have epilepsy. What you're about that kind of thing. Uh, has anyone like kind of ever said no, you don't have epilepsy? Um, no one's directly said no. that I don't, but. I think definitely from my experience of talking to lots of different people kind of within my life, there is often an element of surprise or at least sort of them saying, oh, I didn't realise that um, yeah. that could be the case. Or if I say I have epilepsy and we talk for a bit before I actually say what my seizures are like, then there's a bit of kind of, oh, right, so you don't you don't go unconscious. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. sort of not told that I don't have epilepsy but I have been told that I don't look like I I would oh that really gets to me what does someone with epilepsy look like like oh you I've heard that before you're too young you're you're too pretty you look too well like it's an invisible condition yeah Yeah. I think probably because I'm young and well and kind of busy with things as well um but in a way when people say that it's kind of um obviously it slightly makes me cringe slightly but also I've helped to kind of break whatever kind of preconceived idea that they had about epilepsy. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. That's a good way to look about look at it, isn't it? That you are, um, you're educating people. Yeah, I guess just through, through existing. <laughs> <laughs> through existing, you are educating the world. Education through existing. You should have like a badge. I educate That's... the world. <laughs> oh. No, but then I think it's helpful because like then hopefully... If they meet someone again in the future who has epilepsy, then they'll already know a little bit more or won't make yeah. those automatic assumptions or say again, oh, you don't look like you have epilepsy. If they've already met other people or kind of... Yeah, I think that's why things like um, National Epilepsy Week are so important because hopefully it gets out the message that it affects, can affect anyone, any age, any um, ethnicity, race, class. Sure. Um, I think that's why one of the things that's really great about the epilepsy space as well, actually, obviously it will be so helpful for people who have epilepsy to go and um, find out information and get support that they that they need. But also, I think people could re- put, like refer it to their friends who or family who want to learn more because it's just so accessible and the information is so neat and looks so nice and there's lots of personal stories as well and it's so easy to read I think it could be a really good way that people can educate their friends and family too yeah so I think because there were quite a few of us um kind of involved we hope that it would represent sort of as many views and kind of different people with epilepsy as possible so hopefully any young person with epilepsy could relate to at least some parts of the website obviously everyone's experiences are different um 
And as you said, yeah, yeah. it's really accessible and part of it's about um, there's a section on kind of relationships, which includes um, not just like romantic relationships, but also all the relationships you have in your life. So I think it will hopefully be really helpful, as you say, for other people to learn um, more on how they can support and just have that understanding. So this is one that we're pitching to every guest that we have. Um, so this is the big question, the big finale. It's um, if you could tell someone who has just been diagnosed with epilepsy one thing what would it be you can still live um a fulfilling life like yes you have epilepsy and there's maybe some things that you have to sort of be more careful about or take into consideration but there's still so many things that you can still do and epilepsy doesn't have to hold you back and that's that's when we hear like so often and it's it's so true and it, i think it's worth repeating really that um epilepsy doesn't doesn't have to hold you back no. if you don't let it kind of thing yeah so wise words rachel thank you so much rachel for taking the time um and i really hope that your uni deadlines are as pain-free as possible thank you so much <laughs> and that you feel that <laughs> feeling of relief when they're all submitted <laughs> i'm sure i will um yeah my dissertation is actually on epilepsy in young adults so oh, is oh it? close to home yeah um yeah, do you have to? I, I assume you have to hand it in online. Yeah, we actually do anyway at uh, our university. All the deadlines oh, really? are online, oh. so don't get that nice, I, I went to uni nice like picture. Five odd years ago now, and I had to, I had to get it all bound. I had to like make it basically look like a novel, and then hand it in. I was like, okay. Oh, I didn't. Mine was What's online. This? I was a long time ago. Really? Yeah, my, mine was online. I mean, we were probably we were probably at uni at like the same time, so. Oh. Well, at my uni, like some departments, you have to print it and some you don't. Right. And some people choose to still print it just so they can, you know. Maybe that's just good old leads. They're just like, we just still want paper. <sighs> we haven't moved. We haven't moved on to online yet. <laughs> but it thank you so much all. for inviting me to be part. And I look forward to listening to all the future podcasts as well. Oh, thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you once again to Rachel. What another wonderful guest, I think. I like a uh, great little insight into what it's like being at uni uh, with epilepsy and um, talking about, you know, another another type of seizure that people don't think about when they think epilepsy. Like we were talking about with Leon last week about people maybe thinking it was just flashing lights and that kind of thing. So it's always good to get these kind of perspectives. Yeah, definitely. I loved what she said about being um, an education you are you are teaching people when you meet them yes um, um educating by existing i think she yeah, said <laughs> educating by existing um but that's so true like uh it must be such hard work that you know you have to explain that you have this health condition and then you have to educate people about the health condition that you've got um because they don't know that it even existed in the first place so yeah uh props to rachel for managing all of that um, and at the end of each podcast, um, our plan is to share a top tip from someone with epilepsy about how they manage their condition. So if you have a top tip that you want to share, then please do um, send it over to us. But um, for the moment, we have um, one from Rachel that's actually on the epilepsy space. And her one of her top tips that she gives on the epilepsy space is that um, it would be a good idea to help you with your epilepsy, to learn when to slow down, to take some time for yourself, and particularly when you're recovering from seizures. 
wise words. I think she ended her interview with wise words and pro- provides even more wise words on the epilepsy space. Absolutely. Uh, you can tell she's doing a master's degree. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, so I guess that uh, about rounds it off for episode two, Hatsy. Been a pleasure yeah. as always. Indeed. Um, when will episode three be out? Um, I'll put you on the spot now. Episode three will Would it be, be the 14th of June? Yeah, the 14th of June. 15th of June. 15th of 15th June. June. Monday yes. the 15th of June. Monday the 15th of June. And do we know who our guest is for that one? Um, I think it might be a guy called Bob who has a really interesting way of coping with his epilepsy that helps raise money for epilepsy. Oh, there you go. Teaser. And, and other charities as well, actually. I think yeah. he, uh, he sh- likes to share the love. He does, Shared absolutely. <laughs> but I think right. he's raised like 60 grand, so uh, it's a really interesting chat, oh. I think. Big hitter. Big hitter Bob. Shall we call him that? <laughs> no, let's not call, let's not call him that. <laughs> but of course, as always, you can find us on social media um, at Epilepsy Action on pretty much everything. And... Um, of course, as with any um, podcast, we'd love for you to um, follow us or subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platforms. We were on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, but we weren't on Apple. Happy to announce that we are now on Apple Podcasts as well, so all the iPhone users Yay! out there. Yay! You can find us easily as well. Just search EpilepsyCast on on any platform and then click that follow button. And um, I've heard that rating us helps us helps us out as well um so if you could give us a nice cheeky five star i'd be happy with a four star to be honest yeah but me five too star. but five would be yeah. great um, and a review great. i think is supposed to be yeah really great as well um and obviously if you know anyone who you think would like to listen then share it around share the love exactly absolutely get us uh get us on all all your social media um but yeah i guess until the next episode hattie it's been a pleasure and i'll see you soon see you soon <laughs>